Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com carmax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you because at carmax we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car you should love your car that's why every car we sell is carmax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer so don't settle Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. Welcome back to another episode of Simpin' After Dark, everybody. It's your girl, Ashley Mendoza, And today is a very special episode for many reasons that I am excited about. Um, First of all, let me just get it out of the way. It's the season closer finale. Taking a break after this. And also I got a special guest, returning guest. that I think usually the shows that feature Stephanie do pretty well. So welcome back stephanie thank you thank you so much for coming through today of course that's gonna be a good one um i think i don't know if it was the first episode that i had you on that we talked about narcissists yes i believe so yeah so that was probably season two Mm -hmm. maybe so it's been a long time and there are a lot of new listeners now so i kind of want to recap and touch base on a lot more topics that we really didn't get into because last time we just kind of like got into the basics but today i want to talk about um kind of like the long-term effects of narcissistic abuse in relationships and it can happen whether it's like you're raised by a narcissist like if your parents or you have a parent that's a narcissist Mm -hmm. Or a partner or a friend maybe like whatever it may be there are actually studies about the effects that it can have on your brain um it's pretty interesting and also i'm excited because the song that we are going to get into today is by janae Aiko. it's her song triggered freestyle it's a fucking bop one of my favorite songs ever by her which is actually a very triggering song and like I feel like she knew that it was a triggering song because like then she went and released um the triggered protection protection mantra after. Um and it's funny actually last week's episode I had Val on, so shout out Soulfully Val, everyone go check her out. That was a really fun episode. But um she was talking about because she has a podcast too, 
and she was talking about how she talks about kind of like using music as therapy, mm-hmm. which I know like you might be familiar about with working um, as a therapist or yeah, whatever. Um, and she was talking about how like she focuses on certain songs that can be therapeutic or certain types of music that can be therapeutic because just like there are songs that can be therapeutic, there is music that can actually be triggering definitely, <laughs> or bad for you. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting to think about what you choose. So are you choosing to put yourself in a situation um, that is going to be therapeutic for you? Or are you putting yourself in a situation that is going to trigger you even more? And why are you choosing that? Yeah. it's Maybe it could become like a pattern or like a whole thing about comfortability I think is like something that I've read about or like whatever type of media I consume like it's like TikTok or talking to you Mm -hmm. or like reading or whatever it is Twitter like the whole like idea that sometimes you choose toxic partners because it's like what you're used to Mm -hmm. so like if you grew up in the toxic environment you can feel like certain people are like home to you quote unquote you don't know any other cycle and you have to feel comfortable in your cycle and you don't know how to get out so you're going to choose a cycle that is comfortable to you and familiar and it's going to you play a similar role if you were a similar role in your toxic family relationship that you have with your parents or siblings then you're more likely to choose a similar relationship with your partner or there are some people that are like they have that insight and know I'm going to choose something different. I want I want to change that cycle. And so they will choose a partner that is different. But you have to have that insight to yeah. do so. Do you think there's like something like specific or like anything that can maybe set those people apart? Like people that fall into like that trap versus people that do become more self-aware in terms of like anything, like maybe education, you think? Or like socioeconomic mm-hmm. status or maybe certain things you go through? I, it, it's interesting because... Um, I have a family, even uh, my my mom, they came from a big family, and you see the difference in even her siblings. So it's like they have obviously the same socioeconomic status. They have the same upbringing. Yeah. It's just their personality traits and um, their resiliency. So that's a whole different topic that maybe I could talk about another time. But um, there's different resiliency traits that oh. make you more likely to be able to get out of it um so there you know if you had a traumatic childhood maybe there's both all siblings that had that same experience but there's certain traits about you that make you one person become the drug addict that stays in that same cycle that the whole family did and then there's others that are able to rise above and become successful and say hey i'm going to stand out and i'm not going to keep repeating this cycle it's just it varies yeah that's so true kind of reminds me with like astrology when people like talk about like oh well if you're born same time same day same location like why is this person not exactly the same as this person and it's like okay well because certain circumstances can play into that like no one person's going to be the same you could be born in the same family growing up the same bullshit trauma but like maybe one of you makes it out one of you turns out into a drug addict it's sad but and it's and it's kind of almost like the whole nature versus nurture argument where it's not nature versus nurture it's nature and nurture and so it's nature of your natural um genetics of what you have as an individual and your nurture then you can have different genetics than your sibling and so that's why even in the same environment the nurture part you're still going to be different 
Yeah, so true. So I guess for new listeners that don't know, Steph, do you want to give us a quick rundown on your background? Yes. So um, I am a, I guess, uh, associate marriage and family therapist. So that I kind of specialize in um, multicultural LGBT. That's my kind of specialty. But um, yeah, I, I, ma- I have a master's in clinical psychology. Yeah, so she's a master. She knows what she's talking about. (laughs) She comes through and blesses the podcast from time to time. So I'm so excited to have you back. And as always, I will link below other episodes that you have come through on. Um, Let's go ahead and play a clip of Triggered by Janae Aiko, which I can't remember if it dropped. I think it was 2019. Yeah, not last year. Pretty recent. Yeah, but it's a good one. Go figure, you were the trigger You brought me to an obstructive view When you knew the picture was bigger Who am I kidding? Knew from the beginning You'd ruin everything you do it every time You are my enemy, you are no friend of mine, motherfucker uh, You motherfucking right, you motherfucking right, I'm bitter You motherfucking right, I'm triggered You motherfucking right, I so good it's so good yeah so i just checked it's 2019 it came out in may i remember like when it came out and just like how instantly i was like sucked in i was hooked like i needed to learn the fucking lyrics like Mm -hmm. asap and it's so good like she has such a good flow um so it's catchy as fuck and i feel like with her like just watching her as an artist and knowing her history like how she kind of like she has a a daughter and her baby daddy is like omarion his brother oh okay yeah so like i know they kind of had a toxic relationship and like now she's with big sean and just like Mm -hmm. her being in like the public eye people kind of know like she got big sean's face tatted on her arm and then she got it removed but they're still together um, I don't want to assume anything because, you know, one day I think me and her could be besties. I don't want her to get <laughs> mad at me for like talking about her relationship. Uh-huh. But um, I don't know. It gives me very much toxic vibes. <laughs> and I hope not. <laughs> I mean, you know, it seems pretty obvious. That there's some back and forth. It's like, okay, <laughs> why did you choose to get that? And then why did you regret it? Or you felt the need to remove it even though you're still in the relationship? Something must have happened. Yeah, like, I think for sure it seems like they both have grown a lot. So, like, I want to, you know, assuming the best, I would say, I think they, may, like, maybe grew and they are, like, that small percentage that, like, maybe made it out of that toxic cycle because it's not very likely. Mm-hmm. But um, hopefully, I don't know, because, like, they're still together. They're a cute couple. They're both very good looking. Yeah. I mean, who knows what goes on behind closed doors, but just, like, that whole idea is pretty wild and she's a pisces which uh do with that what you will <laughs> oh steph what are you for i'm for the a audience? libra a libra yes. i like to just you know put it out there for yes. everybody just to know if you're into it then yeah. whatever if Got not that whatever therapist in me you know? so it's, it's perfect <laughs> we love a balanced therapist <laughs> um yeah, so it's definitely once this song came out and just the things that she talks about and then the song that she dropped after that. Um, not the 
protection mantra, triggered protection mantra, but there was another one where she actually features Big Sean on it. I forgot what it's called right now. Um, but it's wild. Like they work together. Like she'll be on his projects. He'll be on hers. Like he did a song about like um, single and she's doing like background vocals. I don't know. I love it, but it's very triggering as mm -hmm. this song is, but it's also like soothing at the same time, like in like a weird healing, like maybe like, like facing your darkness type of thing. Okay. I don't know. But let's get into some of these lyrics then. So she says, go figure. You were the trigger. You brought me to an obstructed view when you knew the picture was bigger. Who am I kidding? Knew from the beginning you'd ruin everything. You do it every time. You are my enemy. You are no friend of mine, motherfucker. Um, so this reminds me, and like I don't want to assume that Big Sean is a narcissist, but mm -hmm. just like the whole idea of you brought me to an obstructed view when you yeah, knew the picture was bigger. About. Right? Like it's yeah. it reminds me we were talking earlier about how maybe like the early stages of dealing with the narcissist. Like, mm -hmm. do you want to kind of explain on that we're talking about like love bombing type yeah, of thing and just um so what you know kind of research shows about um being having a narcissistic partner is that they love bomb you initially and where they are very um overwhelming almost just of like compliments and showering you with love and all these things to kind of draw you in um, and then what research has shown is that once they like basically lock you in by marriage is that's when their traits really start to come out of like, okay, well, I already have her locked in. Now I'm going to really show her the real me where he starts, he or she starts kind of dis making you distance from your friends, family and things like that. Um, but it starts with all that, like, um, I guess different perspective, obstructive view of, um, them being this great person, so loving and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden they change. So. Like it's a very like, um, like pre-planned out thing where like they know what they're doing and, and they're like trying to suck you in. Exactly. I want you to view me as this is the real me. Yeah. And so I'm going to show you what the real me is initially, but then the, the real them is going to yeah. come out once they know that they have you locked in. It's that's scary, especially when you like mention it's like extremely once you get married because it's like it probably took a while to get there. But I feel like that's why with narcissists, they try to do the whole love bombing thing and probably tie you down very quickly. Yes, because then it's like you're much less likely to yeah. leave. Like, oh, my God, this is the perfect person. Like, yeah. Like literally how she talks about you brought me to an obstructed view when you knew the picture was bigger. Like I yeah. just like picture like. Somebody comes along and they're like, come look at this view. And it's like beautiful. And there's like this giant fucking boulder, like blocking like 75% of the view. And then like behind it is just like a city, like burning down, like yeah. chaos, like smoke. And like you, from your perspective, you're like, wow, this is amazing. Thank you so much for yeah. bringing me here. Like, I can't wait to see our future. Yeah. And he's just like, or she or like, mm -hmm, bitch, you got no fucking idea what I got in store for you. Like, yeah. it's chaos from here. Mm -hmm. And um, there's actually a guy on TikTok that uh, we could bring up later. Uh, his, I think his, like, handles mental healness. Um, but he kind of just talks about that. And it's him. He's a, like, self-aware narcissist. And he, I guess, is doing everyone the favor of just, like, putting his shit on blast he's married or whatever but yeah he just kind of like explains like the ways that like 
when he does these like little skits, it's just it's obvious how premeditated he, he is about it. Like he knows what he's doing, and he knows how the other person is yeah. going to react. And so that's what I think is I was talking to Ashley about earlier. Is just it's interesting because it's almost. Um, what I would do with a um, client if we were doing role play and it's like you're gonna say this so how do you expect them to react and he kind of does it with himself of like I'm saying this and this is how I expect them to react so it is premeditated in that he's almost showing you that he's saying this and this is how I expect my partner to react and he's like react three steps way. ahead so he's always like, it's, it's super manipulative like and they it's, know exactly it's how you're gonna react and I don't know if he is um that much insightful that he's realizing that hey I'm showing you that this is how I'd respond to you being this way and this is how I expect you to respond and I expect to respond this way and it's just like it's it's pretty interesting to me for him to be a self-aware person to to reveal himself it's super in that interesting way. yeah like he talks about like he goes to therapy and everything but um we'll get into all that yeah. and i guess if nobody knows what a narcissist is like do you know what's like a quick just like description a quick, of like that? stereotypical would be um well so narcissistic personality disorder is um on a spectrum so it's on a spectrum of personality disorders so i would say it's kind of in the middle so there's also um Borderline personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, histrionic personality disorder, and then antisocial personality disorder. So it's all on a spectrum. Antisocial, um, if you haven't heard of it, that's more of the killer type. <laughs> so people Is that like the quote unquote sociopath so, type thing? Yes. So sociopath isn't in the DSM, um, but that is more of a forensic diagnosis. So if you are antisocial, then you'd probably be, if you were a killer and you were in prison, jail, then you would be more likely also diagnosed with sociopathic, um, you know. Okay. It's not personality disorder, but you'd be a sociopath. So it's almost like a branch off of that. Um, Is that like the most extreme, yes. like, form? Yes. So um, antisocial, you are no empathy um you were diagnosed with conduct disorder as a child as a child you probably killed animals that's a first sign of probably having conduct disorder oh, then yeah. as an adult so pretty much dexter he killed kids as a child kids he killed animals as a child and later as an adult he killed people it's extreme yeah. narcissistic is like in the middle okay yeah what makes a life a good one is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, yeah, so it's in the middle, and, like, we kind of covered a bunch of this in, like, the last episode mm-hmm. that you were on when we talked about yeah. that. Um, no empathy, it really was self-centered. Can't Get Enough. So if you guys want to, like, go get a preview of more information, yeah. like, general information on that, listen to that, because, like, for this episode, I want to focus on, like, the effects of narcissistic abuse yeah and like just kind of what that can look like yeah and again narcissism is very overused i feel like in today's society um there's a lot of traits that you can have that sound narcissistic but to be full-blown narcissistic is less common so you could like have traits of a narcissist or like have narcissistic traits but it doesn't necessarily mean that you are a narcissist personality disorder traits but you're not necessarily narcissistic just like borderline personality disorder is also on the spectrum it's it's similar it sounds similar to narcissism because it's on the spectrum it's not as extreme okay okay well then let's get into some more lyrics um verse two wanna fuck you right now i just turned the lights out now and you know when the sun go down that's when it would all go down been a minute been a while ain't let nobody hit it since you hit it i know you always know what to do with it but ain't no me and you without you in it damn i'm about to burn this bitch down i think i need to lie down because i'm not trying to wall out now and then kind of I guess I couldn't get into verse three because it kind of all ties into what I want to talk about. She says, don't know what I'm capable of. Might fuck around and go crazy on cuz. Might fuck around, have to pay me in blood. This ain't the way that you want it. Might catch a case in this bitch. Don't let me catch you face to face in this bitch. Try my hardest not to disrespect you after what you did. Man, what you expected. So this reminds me of something that I've been like seeing a lot of also on TikTok. And like the thing with TikTok is like there could be a lot of misinformation, but it's also like doing a really good job of spreading a lot of information mm-hmm. where like if you care enough and like do your whole due diligence, like, you know, double check everything like you can learn a lot. Mm-hmm. So like what this reminds me of is like reactive abuse. I don't know if you like are familiar with that. I don't know if it's specifically dealing with narcissists. Um, but it's kind of the whole idea where they will, I think it is like a narcissist thing, like where if you're like, say I'm like, I'm a narcissist and I'm kind of pushing you to that like point where you end up exploding on me mm-hmm. and then you end up looking crazy. And then I'm like, damn, like calm down. Like, why are you acting so crazy? Like you need help. <laughs> like the gaslighting. extreme gaslighting, gaslighting to the point where like a lot of like what people like the first video i saw was somebody recorded the girl and then she posted it because she was like my boyfriend recorded me and then tried to make me feel like i'm crazy but like what you're not seeing is what led up to this point Mm -hmm. like why i'm reacting this way Mm -hmm. so then you end up thinking like am i the fucking crazy one like am i psycho am i a narcissist and it's scary so that's what i think i want to bring awareness to because sometimes you end up thinking like am i the narcissist but you got to think like what gets people to this to that point and uh you know that's what seems to be pretty common in um people that have a partner who's narcissistic or has narcissistic personality disorder is that they 
manipulate them so much that they end up making the partner feel like there's something wrong with them or they're not good enough or that they're the one that is crazy. And it's because they were so charming at the beginning and they, you know, um, hype their partner up so much where um, all of a sudden they slowly start adding in all these things that, you know, take away from that initial charm and then they're they're like wait what happened like, and you, you kind of like believe this. it because like they were yeah. such a good person at the exactly. beginning that you're so like i like, think i could take wait. their word for and it it's just like okay like you're you need to calm down like you're feeling this way when have i done this and then it's just like well oh yeah that's right he really was at this the beginning maybe it's me that's doing mm. something wrong now and so that's scary. why he's not that's why he's not treating me that way anymore is because you know i'm doing something and then um, I also was reading something where, you know, they try to kind of almost get close to the people that you're close with so that they can confide in those people so that they get to them first. Ooh. No, Ashley's been acting up kind of recently. Mm. And it's just like she's been kind of moody with me and kind of blowing up with me for these small little things that like I just did this and it really wasn't that much of a deal. And now she's like saying that I'm doing this and that. And then so now when Ashley vents to those people, mm. it's like they already planted the seeds where they already yeah, are like, like mm, well, I don't know, bitch, what I he told me. She was doing this. <gasps> I mean, oh, that's so scary. And like that's what like people don't talk enough about like narcissistic abuse. because like. Oh my god! You know it's so fucked up. Like yeah. they are plotting on your fucking it's life. Extremely manipulative in any way to get them to have the full benefit of um, everyone around them. So whether it's manipulating you to make you feel like you're the lesser, manip manipulating those around you to where it keeps you feeling that way, and to make them feel you know the best that they can and to keep you around. And yeah, because they get, know if you figure it out, yeah. like you'll dip. And then to use the people around them to, you know, maximize, you know, what they can get out of you. But once they can't get anything out of you, you're worthless. You're gone. That's so scary. And actually, I guess um, that's kind of perfectly tying into that TikTok that I wanted to play okay. by that guy. If you want to play it. Hey, can we talk about those uh, text messages I found on your phone from the other girl? How did you find them? What do you mean, how, how did I find them? I, I went through your phone and I found the text message from another woman. So you invaded my privacy and now you're accusing me of cheating on you. Invaded your, invaded your privacy? Like, I found text messages from another woman on your phone. Again, if you wouldn't have invaded my privacy, we wouldn't be having this conversation now, would we? No, 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 no. If you wouldn't have been texting her, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I've been texting her for a while because you're just a friend. Is you snooping that's the problem because you don't trust me. Don't trust you. I, I had it. My intuition kicked in and I went to your phone because you don't trust me. I have not given you any reason not to trust me. This is like, this ain't about me. Is it? It's about you. It's about your dad, ain't it? Don't, don't bring my father. Into this. <laughs> what does he have to do with anything? He didn't give you the love and trust that you deserved and needed. So you blaming me. What? No, not what? Your daddy issues are going to kill our relationship. <laughs> That just makes me want to scream just listening to that. Like, it's horrible. so manipulative. Like, holy shit. And it's like so that they it's they know all of your insecurities and they know where they can get at you when they need to. So that when something comes up about them, they can bring something up to quickly it, like, like to deflect quickly gaslight you and be like, Oh, it's because of this. Like your pers your perspective is wrong on this because of what you've been through, and now you're gonna put it on me now. Literally, it's just like making you question yourself over and over, and it's so like 
easy to see how that can like make someone start to question their sanity and like go into the whole like reactive abuse way like start cussing and yelling because you're like feel like you're going crazy yeah oh my god that's so scary yeah and i know that you talked about where you were reading articles where it's um has like a long-term negative impact on your mental health mm-hmm. and it just on your kind brain of, yeah and it, so on your brain and so that reminds me of almost ptsd where it affects your amygdala and uh that's your basically like alarm system in your brain where like um that's where your adrenaline goes that's where um you're alerted that something's wrong so when you're constantly being gaslighted and feeling like that you're not good enough something's wrong or that you need to be a lot of people say that having a narcissistic partner is like walking on eggshells um and so when you're walking on eggshells that means you're hyper vigilant you're constantly you're just like always like on like high anxiety mode yeah and that's what someone with ptsd has is just they're not able to really be present because they're constantly worried about what's going to happen around them if they make the wrong mistake or if something goes wrong around them and so having a manipulative narcissistic partner that's what it's like because if you do something wrong then they flip and Ooh. if they're not, if you're not, so you're just trying to avoid that, like at yeah. all costs, twenty four seven. Satisfy their needs, then they're gonna flip on you, and all of a sudden, instead of you being this all amazing person, you're an all bad person. It's very black and white for them. There's no gray in between. Yeah. And so that's, that's why so it's sad. so hard to to stay in the relationship and to have confidence and feel comfortable in that relationship because you're walking on eggshells oh that's so sad yeah he has more videos too which like if you guys are interested in like hearing information from like a self-aware narcissistic personality disorder person uh go check him out his handles at mental illness on tiktok he's super interesting and like it's i mean it's like the whole dynamic is weird but um whatever but he has a video where he's like talking about a regular a normal relationship versus like a relationship with a narcissist and how one is based on like you know growth and like okay we're here and it's good and then we're gonna move here like next step moving up and it's getting better getting to know each other like next level and then blah 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 whereas like in a relationship with somebody with narcissistic personality disorder it's all based on potential so that's why they like love bomb you in the beginning and then you're left chasing that same feeling for the rest of the relationship and always like excusing their behaviors for like oh well no he used to be good or like blah 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 or like in the same way we're talking about like walking on eggshells where it's like well i know they can be good and it reminds me of like um people that were raised by like narcissists how they their memory was fucked up. They don't remember their childhood because, like, when you're on high alert like that all the time, it's like PTSD. You like, you don't remember shit. Decline. You yeah, have a and it's kind in of your like a ability to be present. And so, how are you going to remember? It's like anything? a defense mechanism in a way yes. where it's like you can't like deal like your brain can't deal with like being on high alert like that all the time. So it's like starts like mashing up other parts of your memory. Yeah. Yeah. You're not and functioning right. Kids with trauma, that's why they can't concentrate in school and they do bad in school and no one no one really understands it as teachers cuz they don't know what's going on. It's like this kid is a bad kid. They're not understanding. Well, they're freaking going through trauma at home probably cuz they have like a bad parent. So sad. And it could be a narcissistic parent and so they're constantly and you know, when they do good, they do good. They they're nice to them because well, guess what? Their child represents a good part of them. 
my child is doing good, I'm doing good because Damn. I'm a good parent. But then once that kid Yeah, it's not actually because you're happy for them. It's because it's reflecting good on you. Exactly. But once they do bad or they're not, like, you're not able to brag about your child, then it's just like, hmm. Like, you're, and it's very critical of that child. So then that child is more likely to become, like, a narcissist or have borderline personality disorder as well because they had this extremely critical parent where it's like, you either have to be all good or else don't even come near me. Like, you're not representing me well. So now, like, you're a bad kid. And so then they take on those traits and then all they know it's, it's a, it's it's a generational cycle of just, you know, carrying that on. And then you pass that on to your partner where now you're treating your partner the way that your parent treated you. Yeah. That's so sad. So like, even if it's like not someone with full blown, NPD like just knowing the traits is good just like protect yourself because like you could still be on that shit end of the stick and like that'll still fuck with you Mm -hmm. welcome to fail better David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media on fail better David who has experienced both low and high profile failures throughout his life explores the vast world of failure how it holds us back propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, so pretty much closing out the song, she talks about um, verse four, trying to let the time fly, trying to let the time go by, trying to let the time heal all, trying to let the time kill all our memories, all you meant to me, all that history, all that's history, I'll calm down eventually, fall back eventually, please call me back eventually, fall back into me. Oh, so she's just remembering like everything and why she can't let go all the memories just trying to let it time go by till it's like better again and then she talks about maybe i'm overreacting baby i don't know what happened you know all of my bad habits you know it's hard for me to control that shit because when i get mad i get big mad i should have never did that get back about to feel the wrath of a menace back in my feelings or in my bag in my feelings i'm a bad little bitch so she so at the end she's blaming herself yeah well you know how i get and i'm sorry yes and it's like well what did you do to get that way but that's what that's what someone with you know narcissistic personality would do is just 
where it becomes like, oh, I'm going to reflect on myself. Well, you know what? I shouldn't have done this either. So you're right. Yeah. And like, that's like the whole thing where people talk about like people that are like on a path of like healing and blah, blah, blah. Like as a healer, you attract like shitty partners and like I I get that to like a degree, but then also people talk about like, well, maybe you're just attracting these people because you have no boundaries. Yes. And boundaries are an extremely important thing um, to have. And I, I know I've talked about this before in previous episodes. People with NPD, uh, they don't, they push your boundaries. Um, and any kind of, basically any kind of personality disorder, they, they have really difficult time with um, keeping boundaries and understanding that other people have boundaries. And so when <laughs> someone with NPD is trying to get their way, they don't care about your boundaries and they're going to keep pushing it. And so you as a partner or whatever, you have to be firm on those boundaries because once you give in, they know that they can keep pushing your boundaries for any other reason. And so you say no, but you ended up giving in. Okay, well, now I know that like, even though they weren't happy with this, I'm just going to keep pushing and I'll eventually get my way. Damn. That's crazy. Boundaries are the most so important like thing a- for any relationship. Work friendship 100% 100% anything I agree so firm and know your boundaries it's like like the line of what I could tell you no one's gonna take you serious until Mm -hmm. like you have that boundary and you actually like uphold it so I guess like specifically like dealing with people with narcissism is that's gonna be like your biggest like defense mechanism and for you to recognize you know, as a sign of maybe they have something going on because if they're not respecting your boundaries, why? Mm. What's going on behind that? Should I even be That's around so true. this person if they're not able to recognize that this is my boundary? It's nothing against them, but this is my boundary and I don't, I'm not comfortable with this. That reminds this me, is where I draw the line. Uh, so Alexa posted on her story today. It was a TikTok and it was talking about uh, this girl and she's like, um, People that set a boundary with you are just trying to continue like a healthy relationship with you. They're not trying to hurt you. Yes. And that's the part where I think that'll help you with like somebody with narcissistic personality disorder or just in general, like if you have like um, anxious attachment. So I know I talked about last week also, Mm -hmm. sometimes you take boundaries as like an attack or like it makes you freak out and you're like, oh no, they don't fucking like me. Like they're going to leave me or whatever. Or, like, with a narcissist, they're, like, going to freak the fuck out. But, like, if they can't respect that, then, like, that should be a big, bright red flag. Exactly. Because if they're going to, you know, uh, switch, I guess, or, like, flip, like, where Mm -hmm. it's, like, you're all good, now you're all bad, that's a sign to you that maybe you shouldn't be around that person if they can't respect your boundaries because that's a sign that they're going to keep pushing why do you want to be around somebody that is constantly stressing you out because like you're not feeling comfortable setting a boundary? Well, they're going to get mad if I say that I'm not happy with this or they're going to get mad if I say like that wasn't cool or whatever. Why do you want to be around someone like that? Yeah, so I think that's like that's something that I've read. Need to, yeah. yeah, where it's like if every time like you bring up how you feel like you're scared, like that's you're walking on eggshells. Like if you're scared exactly. to even bring up something, bring up a boundary or bring up an issue that upset you or talk about your feelings. Yeah. If you're scared to bring that up because it just turns yeah. into like a whole thing every time, that's not healthy. And um, also with um, this guy, mm. 
the mental illness. Mental illness. I, I don't know his name. Yeah, um, but I watched one of his TikToks where he was talking again. It was that point of view where he's showing both sides of like, well, you know, this person just needs you know me to help him out, and I need to like just like help him heal, and then we'll be good in our relationship after like I give my all to him. And he also showed his side where it was, well, if, you know, you're putting your all into me, then you lose yourself. And that was like, oh, that totally makes sense. And that's a perfect way to word it. Because once you put yourself in that person to try to make them, you know, heal and be a better person, then where are you? Mm. And where did you go? And, you know, and then once they reject you, then you lost yourself. You don't even know who you are anymore. So mm. how is that worth it for you? That's so sad. So once they keep crossing those boundaries, where are you anymore? Because your boundary, you don't have any. So then who Just are running you? over your fucking mushed up body. Exactly. Dang. <laughs> Something That's to think about. <laughs> okay, so that brings me to um, my friend. Ivan actually sent me an article that I really wanted to talk about. I sent it to you earlier. Really he sent fun. it to me about a week ago. So it is titled Woman to Run 285 Miles in a Wedding Dress to Raise Awareness for Narcissistic Domestic Abuse Abuse by Joel Goldstein. Um yeah, it's very interesting. So the like main person that the article's talking about, her name is Vanessa Reiser. Reiser. You guys can go Google the article. I'll link it too once I post. Um, so it says she's a survivor of narcissistic domestic abuse, which is a form of domestic abuse by a narcissist, right? So she is setting out to raise awareness for narcissistic domestic abuse by running a nearly 300 mile journey across New York, and she'll be doing it all in a wedding dress. So she's starting May, um, 17th, which is, I think this episode drops on the 18th or 19th. So she she's running right now, you guys. <laughs> she's running to, through New York in a wedding dress. <laughs> crazy, um, not crazy. Like good for you, yeah. but wild, you know. And then she's set to finish on May 29th in Manhattan. So it's um, in Oswego, New York, to Manhattan. That's 285 miles. That's insane. She's about to run 23 miles each day, close to 23 miles each day, all to raise awareness. And I salute her. This is amazing Mm because I don't think it's talked about enough. Like, I think people kind of know about, like, the disorder, but, like, the effects that it has on the people that they freaking go, like, ram through. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Like, they are not talked about enough. And I want to protect everybody, and I just want everyone to know, so you don't have to ever put up with this. Like, at least if you're aware, you can know. Or if you know somebody going through it, you can talk to them, because, like, it's really fucked up. Like, it's not no game. Like, it has real effects on your fucking brain, bro. Yeah, and it's it doesn't have to be physical abuse. This is mental abuse, and that's why I don't think it is talked about enough, because you start to question it. Well, they're not physically abusing me, like, so maybe you know and you just start making up all these excuses it's a lot easier head. to like rationalize mental abuse versus physical abuse especially again when they were so charming and Ugh. so you know amazing at the beginning that it's just like wait is this happening to me so this woman i believe what i read is that she was also part of some kind of domestic abuse um 
um, organization. Yeah, something like and that. And so um, he tried to get her even out of that. Mm-hmm. And so, she, you know, there it doesn't matter where you're from. It, you know, there's also, I've um, watched a TED Talk on a woman who was a lawyer, a very successful woman. This lady's a therapist. Exactly, a therapist. And so it's just, it could happen to anyone, but when you're in the moment, you don't see it as other people can see it or you don't look at all the signs because you're in it and you have love for that person and you, you see the good in them where you're not really observing it from an outside perspective. So that's where you have to be like very critical and like kind of break it down of like, what exactly is going on and why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling uneasy in my relationship? Why am I, you know, fearful? Why, you know, all those things, because it's not obvious and it takes time and there, it is a manipulative thing that where they're slowly prepping you, grooming you to control you it's yeah, not once you're planned. in it you don't have the perspective of exactly. like oh i'm out here i could see it. it reminds me of like those pictures where it's like or like those memes where it's like the longer you look at it like the weirder it gets type thing or like at first you're like oh <laughs> oh and then you see like some weird shit in the corner and then you're like oh fuck and it's just like insane all around it just keeps getting weirder and weirder yeah. it's like that like if yeah. you really sit there and like take your time yeah. and realize yeah but like if you're in it like you don't really got perspective. You don't. Like, it's, yeah, it's going to take a lot. You can yeah. need therapy. Mm-hmm. You're going to need people to tell you, like, and it's hard even, I think, with people telling you. Like, I'm sure, especially with, like, the whole idea that they, like, try to, like, sabotage your relationships or, like, infiltrate your relationships where, like, they're planting the seeds with all your friends and everybody that you know. Yeah. Talking about, like, you're the crazy one. So it's, like, even if you go and try to talk to your friends, they're, like, judging you or like questioning because they're like well i don't know i think you might need help yeah and like i was even reading how they can um compliment you a lot in front of your friends and family so that when you complain about them they're like okay come on like i've seen the way that he talks about you and i've seen the way that he does this like are you sure to where then again it's almost like he's prepped the people around you to also gaslight you (laughs) so premeditated and fucked up it's It's crazy so evil like literally like evil yeah um so what they quote her saying narcissistic abuse is an insidious form of domestic violence she explains on tuesday's episode narcissists generally will use the wedding or an engagement as a form of control and manipulation they entangle you and so the dress is a representation of how they do that. So that's why she's wearing a wedding dress as she does this whole little like marathon. Um, yeah. So then it says long before she was advocating against domestic abuse, she was engaged to a diagnosed narcissistic sociopath who had a history of abusing his partners. Then she says this part. I was like, holy shit. He left me in Cape Cod and then I had to rent a car to get home. She explained um cape cod i've been to cape cod it's definitely not in new york so (laughs) he left her there then he padlocked me out of the house a few months later i left him and he spit on me called me a bunch of really awful names told me that my dead father was a loser my father died when i was 18 and then he bleached all my clothing holy fucking shit bro that reminds me, I think we were talking about that earlier about with like the whole like bringing up the dad, <laughs> that TikTok of that guy when he was like, oh, this is probably because of your dad or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just like 
why are you talking about my dad and my yeah. my personal things I told you about that are vulnerable things like yeah. you know like this thing with my dad makes you. me sad and you're trying to like manipulate me with that yeah. it's so literally yeah. she's you're that insidious this way and you're at, you you're like making it as if I'm your dad but I'm not <sighs> your dad so why are you treating me like you know your dad treated you so, and he's like hitting a place so close to home that exactly. it does make you kind of question it because yeah. you're like, I mean, you're right. You're saying something very personal. Like yeah. I'm a self-aware person. So like, yeah, I'm gonna think about it. But really, it's just like really fucked up. Like yeah. the word that she used insidious is like the most perfect Oof, word for it. Yes. Oh, my God. So then she says her ex-fiance, she claimed her ex-fiance even attempted to get her kicked off the board of the domestic violence center by claiming she was abusing him. Then he tried to flip the script and like sabotage her whole life when she left him. And at some point in the article, yeah, it says like, yeah, she's a therapist. But, you know, like it's not easy for anyone to know, even if you are a therapist. And And once she realized she left immediately, that's what she said. Yeah. And again, though, it's going after people that are nurturing and trying to help others. Obviously, a therapist is a nurturing person Mm. that's trying to help others. So it's like, oh, I'm going to go after this person that's vulnerable, that's willing to, like, you know, like, yeah. be manipulated in that way. Someone and that's understanding. Yeah, understanding to us. Like, oh, this person's so sweet, this person, whatever. And, you know, anyone can be manipulated, even someone that is aware of what yeah. a narcissist is. Because they don't appear as a narcissist at first. They just appear as a really good person. Yeah, I mean, it's not like our natural instinct to walk around and just be like, hmm, narcissist narcissist no you try to assume the best of people and even if they have like some off traits you're not going to be like oh they're a narcissist like immediately yeah so no especially like her being a therapist she's going to be like more like understanding and try to like reason it like oh it's probably maybe he went through this so he's this way yeah you know especially like uh i've read is that narcissists don't really show them full their full selves until they have you locked in like with marriage and so this that's scary like it's gonna playing, get worse yeah this guy could be playing his part until he really has you locked in so why would anyone regardless of your knowledge be aware of that if they're not really showing their full selves until they feel like oh i have her locked in now. yeah like clearly they are very like premeditative individuals that know exactly yeah. what they're doing especially nar- someone diagnosed narcissistic sociopath that's very oh my god very you know dangerous combination praying for her yeah freaking healing yeah that's insane um she talks about how she knew something wasn't right but she couldn't put like her finger on it exactly yeah. and it wasn't until she had withdrawn from many of her favorite activities due to her partner's demands that she had a wake-up call and realized he was a narcissistic domestic abuser and then she says the day i figured out the day i figured it out i left so then it's like a a little quick definition here says characterized narcissistic abuse is characterized by the emotional physical sexual or financial forms of abuse that a narcissist inflicts on others not all abuse is physical and many survivors often feel angry confused alone and as if you're the crazy one pretty insane just like the fact that she's like a therapist just like blew my mind i'm like damn even like a therapist like it would go over their head like nobody's safe out here literally and that's what i even learned in school is that it does not matter your education. It does not matter your background. Anyone yeah. can be ruled by a domestic abuser, whether they have narcissistic, whatever. But a domestic abuser is extremely manipulative and they have those, you know, everything planned way ahead. 
and yeah. they're really like prepping it to make it work out in their favor and so that's why you have to be so careful and don't question yourself it speak up to your friends and family when you feel like something is off and you feel like why do i keep feeling like i'm the wrong one but i'm scared to say something speak up to somebody and be willing to listen to what they have to say because if you're not and you get really defensive then people are like oh, okay like i'm not gonna say anything to her yeah. and then you're gonna be the one that is stuck in that scary relationship and then you're gonna be the one that's fearful of what's gonna happen in your relationship Ooh. speak up okay it's time to commit 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself begin your new smile journey with bite and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Yeah, definitely speak up. Um, just spread awareness. Like I love that Ivan sent me this article so that I could talk about it. So that I could like spread awareness. Yeah. Um, how do you? What do you think? Like, would happen? Like, do you think it's beneficial or not beneficial if somebody thinks that they may be dealing with a narcissist and they came to their partner, like to the person that they think is a narcissist, about it to try to talk about it? Do you think that would be helpful or do you think they would? It like, depends. Oh. And uh, I mean, I know that that's a common. Yeah, thing I mean, say, for sure. Yeah. But it depends. So say like for this person, narcissistic sociopath. OK, most domestic violence, um, abuse kind of situations, um, you have to be very careful because it keeps escalating and eventually you can risk your life. They will try to Scary. kill you. And it happens many times where they threaten to try to kill you. I have a gun in my room. Oh, so hell no. They, they, it the gets fuck? extreme. If you don't get away from that, they will threaten you to eventually kill you. Is and it, it like an ego thing? And it's like, yeah. And trying to leave them and they're like, mm -mm. yeah, but it's, it's also real. And so people that don't get away a lot of, I can't remember the, the statistic or percentage, but it is a pretty high percentage of those that don't, um, leave their domestic abusers that they can die they can die like your life is in danger so you have to know when to leave and have to know when to be strong enough to speak up and do something about it and so 
I'm not saying narcissistic specifically, but approaching it, if they are very abusive in that way, it may not always work. But that's why, again, have a good other social support Mm -hmm. and really turn to them to get their perspective on what's going on if you really feel like you are being gaslighted and that like something's off. And so maybe approach them. But if it's really, if it's not working out when you approach them and you see this, it, again, you're on eggshells when you approach, why are you in the relationship? Like that's probably already an issue. Exactly. Like you should be able to go up to your partner and just be like, exactly. maybe you're a narcissist. Like if they're not a narcissist, they're just going to laugh it off yeah. or like talk about it with you. And be able to actually communicate. Yeah. But, or be like, why do you think that? But, and then again, it, so another important thing is to reflect, why are you with this person then if you're feeling this way? What other patterns in your past? Uh, is there a family member, a mom or a dad that was also like them? And so this is what's comfortable for you. But why are you putting yourself in this situation again when you know that that hurt you as a child? And how can you grow from this? And how if your partner's not willing to grow and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I've been making you feel this way. I'm so sorry that I didn't realize that I was repeating the same patterns as mm. your family member. If they have no empathy for you and they're not realizing that that's a problem. Okay. Then they have no empathy, empathy. They're a narcissist or whatever. And they're not going to change. Yeah. So why are you staying in that relationship? That's like the number one sign right there. Lack of empathy. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what do you have? Can you think of any examples of a, like a narcissistic parent? Like how you would like maybe reflect back and think like, damn, like maybe I did grow up with like a narcissist so, parent. Yeah. So, um, if a parent, um, uh, maybe they really wanted you to be the star football player or the star scholar to really be successful in those kinds of things. And so it's just like, they are only using you to brag. So my child is the quarterback and they so have like a dance really, mom. Yes. Or like a dance mom. Exactly. <laughs> the show um, is insane. Or bro. My child, you know, won this for, you know, this and they're going to UCLA. They're going to Harvard and they're bragging about you. But then maybe like you realize, you know what, mom, I don't know if I want to do that. It's just like, are you sure? Like, you know, blah, blah. And they start like really getting Ooh. angry with you because, well, if you didn't do that, then what would you do? And how would that reflect on me as a parent? Dang. And so I then- feel like, are my parents narcissists? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just feel like too many people could relate to this. Okay. Right. One though, you have to realize that your parents are immigrants, right? Yes, that's true. (laughs) So that's another thing that you have to think about and that I have to think about as a therapist is there are diagnoses that mostly come from older white men. And so when you have to think about the diagnoses, you also have to think about where they came from and cultural perspective. So as an immigrant, important, you want your child to be successful because you put a lot of effort in bringing them this success. So true. So it's going to vary. Consider that. You know, yeah, so that varies based on your cultural varies. background or whatnot. Because I feel like definitely, like for me, I'm like, can't isn't everyone's parents like this? But yeah, that definitely makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, I just think just like yeah, the but, idea of so, like if your parents are like more concerned with like how it's how gonna it reflect, reflect on, on them, them versus your happiness. Yeah. And another, uh, just also being very critical. Like um, another example would be that they want you to look perfect because you know well what if i had a like a fat kid or something where they're super judgmental which i feel is also a very cultural thing are you sure that you're gonna eat that like you know 
I've just been noticing that and just being very like, you know, super critical about what you're doing, but not really concerned about your happiness, but just like, how is that going to reflect on me? Mm. And then, so then they start taking that, really internalizing that. And then they start internalizing that in their partner later. And I honestly, even though like, I don't think neither of my parents are narcissistic. Yeah, me either, mom. I know Um, you listen. I'm just kidding. I love you. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes I have my parents are like that, too, where they're a little critical, where it makes me internalize. And then I have realized that sometimes in my relationships, I also do that where I'm really critical. And then I'm just like, oh, no, like I need to cut that out. And even though, like, I want to say something, I can relate to that. That has nothing to do with if whatever makes them happy. And that's just something to do with my insecurities and my um, perfectionistic kind of thing. And I don't need to be putting that on my partner and making them feel insecure. I was happy with them from when they weren't doing this. I can't be judging them and putting this on them. Mm, I feel that. So check yourself. We yeah. all do it. It's common, but you don't need to make your partner feel worse when you were accepting of them before. And I think a lot of it, like talking about how like parents too, like seeing, like getting used to that from like, your parents did that to you so maybe you kind of internalize that as like that's a way to show love so you're like well my parents love me right they're my parents and they were very highly critical of me so then for me that's how best for me yeah so then like for you you just think like that's how you show love and then you start projecting that onto your partners but it's like you think that it's all love but really it's a little overbearing and toxic. Yeah, and how did it feel when your parents did that to you? Yeah. You feel like, oh, they love me. I guess but I'll stop eating it. But you excuse it. You excuse it as love because you're like, they're my parents. They're yeah. supposed to love me, Even right? Even though you feel shitty about them criticizing you for it. So Dang. then your partner gets pissed at you and you're like, what? I just meant it because I wanted the best for you. Right. It's like, yeah, I get that. But also, I didn't feel good when my parents wanted the best for me but Ugh. criticized me. <gasps> That's so scary. Yeah. Um, all right. So then I had found some article about 12 signs you've experienced narcissistic abuse. Um, so it says they seemed perfect at first. So it's like the whole love bombing shit. Mm-hmm. Um, people doubt the abuse took place. So that's probably like the whole thing. They infiltrated your circle to, yeah. you know, they, they knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They're covering their bases. Uh, they started a smear campaign. So this is a little more insidious. So this is where um, I think it says here they might lash out by openly directing their rage toward you with insults and threats involving others in criticizing you. So like getting other people to hop in on the abuse or like talking about you behind your back to your friends, to your family, Mm -hmm. things like that, where it's like everyone else is going to start. It's isolating. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the next one. You feel isolated because. Then maybe they try to like push your friends away and like I know the whole thing about like well I don't like that one friend because this or none of your friends care about you or whatever it is. Yeah, it's, I don't think they're good for you. It seems like they really just want to use you for this, and then you start to, like, oh, you're right. Why have I been friends with that person? Like, it does seem like they only use me for this. Yeah, they make you start questioning like your whole fucking life. Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. You freeze up, so... Um, Walking on eggshells. Yep. <laughs> you have trouble making decisions, which I think this um, ties into, like, one of the brain things because it talks about um, having very little self-esteem and confidence. Mm-hmm. So what was, like, that one brain 
The amygdala? Yeah, that's probably what it was. There was another article I found about yeah. where like it affects that and that's where you can end up having is the trouble fu- making decisions. Yeah, so the amygdala is um, the basically the fight or flight part of your brain. So that term is the most common way to describe the amygdala. So you're either going to choose to like really like go in on the situation or you're going to want to flee from it and that's Mm. your like um um survival response you're either going to fight and go full force or you're gonna i need to get out of this damn and so it's um so when (laughs) you have trouble making decisions you have to be quick on that right Mm -hmm. so but if you're so distracted because of your trauma then it's really hard for you to make quick decisions because you have all this other stuff already going on in your brain so you're already cognitively um, like consumed where you can't make decisions because you're so fearful of what yeah, to do. Yeah, that's I saw something where it's like it relies on that part of your brain being like clear. Yeah. Like to be at, like at its full effect of being yeah. able to like, you yeah, know, but process you have all shit. these distractions. So again, going back to like kids learning when they already have trauma as a kid. Oh, that's so they're not sad. able to because guess what? They already have all this other shit going on. Where how am I supposed to focus on this one thing that is irrelevant when I am so fearful of like real life trauma in my life? That is so sad. I want to hug all the I little know, babies and like all the mean ass teachers out there. Like, call me so I could fucking beat your ass, bitch. Like, <laughs> educate yourself. Yeah. How dare you? Like, people are so mean to like little kids sometimes. And it's I like know. you have no fucking idea what the fuck they're going through at home. Yeah. Like, I'll you fucking kill you, bitch. It, right? Like, so many. <laughs> that's a whole nother motherfucking I know, I know. thing so there's actually like a little thing on this whole you have trouble making decisions like a more of like a subtle thing okay um where they'll be like mm, honey you're so dumb how would you manage without my help <gasps> like more subtle like yeah. nice ways which reminds me i don't think we have got into it and like we don't have to get super into it but like basically the overt versus covert narcissist mm-hmm. so there's like the overt narcissist that's like the out there one, right? Yeah. So yeah. like the grandiose beliefs, like, again, I am so sorry for the Trump supporters, but he is a narcissist in my opinion. Um, we all know it. But he has those grandiose thoughts where even though he has these experts around him, he still feels like he needs to project his beliefs and that his beliefs are right, even though he's not the expert in that, you know, topic. Um, so... He, I would say that he, he's like a good example of that. Yeah, and for sure. Like it's more of like and they're so openly putting you down. It's very over. Not trying to hide it. Yeah. Not trying to hide it at all. I am the expert. I'm confident. I'm this. I'm that. And it's very obvious. Yes. He just thinks he's the best person in the world. Or covert would be more like um, subtle. Um, well, yeah, literally how covert would be like, honey, you're so dumb. How would you manage without my help? Where yeah. Versus like. The overt narcissist would be yeah. like, you're such a fucking dumb bitch. Yeah. And like how we kind of talked about earlier was just um, covert would maybe be more of like the caretaker where it's like, I'm going to do all these favors for you. And um, it's like, I'm going to do all this for you because you probably can't do it for yourself. Right. And so it's like, I'm taking care of you. I'm doing all this for you. And like, where would you be without me? But it's very That reminds me of kind of like the direct. parent thing. Yeah. yeah. Where they're like. I raised you, so you have to believe me when I say this is best for you. I know what's best for you. I take care of you. I put a roof over your head. Yeah. So you so need to trust me. where does that leave me. you in your confidence to be able to do anything on your own? Right? So then suddenly you rely on that person. Ooh. And you're going to, when you look for a partner, you're going to rely on someone very dominant. 
because you have grown up to believe that you're not capable of doing things on your own. Oh, that's so fucking sad, bro. Mm. Uh, Next one. You always feel like you've done something wrong. So, yeah. It says abusive partners typically find ways to cast blame on you instead um, for even like if they have negative actions or whatever. They might accomplish this through deceit, often by insisting they said something you have no recollection of. So gaslighting, mm-hmm. getting so angry, you end up soothing them by apologizing and agreeing you were wrong. More gaslighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bro, this is too much. Like, we both had a part in this. I mean, I, you, I got so mad, but I mean, you made me that way because you did this. So, I mean, we're both wrong here. Oh, hell no. <laughs> that is so toxic. <laughs> it is. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess I'm trying to think of like more examples, like for people listening for that. Um, definitely mental illness. Follow him. Like he posts shit all about yeah. that just because like I wish I could be just like very like uh, with like, the examples. Well, even with the with the thing that, you know, with the TikTok that we showed. Oh, yeah. Was, um, going into the phone where it was just like, OK, well, why did he go into my phone? Perfect example. Yeah. You know, what was the purpose of that? You invaded my privacy. You don't trust you, me. You don't trust me. I've been talking to her for how long? And now all of a sudden, because you go into my phone, you don't think that it's, you know, you don't trust me with our relationship. We're just friends. Yeah. We're like, in reality, he fucked up. He crossed a boundary. He but basically so cheated. That you went through my phone. Twisted so it. where's that coming from? <laughs> okay i get it maybe i shouldn't shouldn't be texting her as much but like why are you so controlling where you think you need to go through my phone oh my god yes so no like i think my biggest thing is like i always see all the time when people are like oh like i heard this 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 and it's like the other person's like who told you that though but who told you that who t- like when they're more interested in finding out who told you versus addressing the fucking problem yeah red flag they're trying to fucking spin it like who fucking cares who told me i thought i heard you were fucking macking on some bitch so yes or no did that happen and they're just worried about who told you because then they're probably going to try to discredit that person mm-hmm. why why if you why? have t-mobile 5g home internet you might be hearing this why a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users why good question why not switch to cox internet with two times faster download speeds than t-mobile 5g home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion and again it's that um black or white so when that person no longer serves them oh then they're gonna start talking all this shit on that person do you know what how they are they are just saying that because the you know they did this and this and i know about that so now they're you know and then yeah we're like if it was like your guy friend that told you they'll be like it's just because he wants you and he wishes that he could have you exactly yeah, and did you know that he did this and this and this? And then they start putting that person down because... It's circular conversation. They can never be lower than who's around them. So they have to always be above. 
And then once that person criticizes them or calls them out on something, then they're going to say, well, and then to make themselves again, get back to being higher up. Yeah. It reminds me, there's another thing that I kept like coming across on TikTok about circular conversations, mm-hmm. usually with narcissists where it's like, mm, I found you were texting this girl, blah, blah, blah. Or like I heard blah, blah, blah. And they're like, who told you? And you're like, you tell them like, really, you're going to believe what they have to say. Like, well, did you know that they did this completely unrelated Nothing to do with it, but now you're talking about that. And then you're like, wait, why are we talking about this? And then you start feeling like you're crazy because you're like, there's no way you're like this fucking stupid. Like you are fucking playing with me. Like stop. So it's like turns into this whole thing and that turns into the whole reactive abuse thing. Mm -hmm. Ooh, man, watch out for that shit. So then this talks about unexplained physical symptoms as another thing. Appetite changes, upset stomach or nausea, stomach pain, and other gastrointestinal distress, muscle aches and pains, insomnia, fatigue. So this is called, um, in my field, it'd be somatic symptoms. And so somatic symptoms can come out of um, stress, anxiety, depression. Um, So when you're not able to express yourself um, mentally and kind of get rid of those symptoms again, mentally, like, you know, talking about your anxiety, doing all those things. when you're holding all of that in, it'll start to come out somatically or physically. And so, um, some people that maybe hold in their anxiety, they start to feel tightness in their chest. Mm. They start to feel like it's hard for them to breathe. They get the panic attacks. So all those things are because they haven't been able to release that anxiety, stress, depression, whatever, that it starts to, um, affect, um, them physically and this actually happens a lot in men because men don't like Mm. to talk about their feelings that they have a really high um physical decline when they're older because they never went to therapy or because they never got to talk about their feelings um and so it'd be and that's why it's you have to understand that mental and physical is strongly connected, whether you believe it or not. A hundred percent. And that's why like this whole like. So when one thing <laughs> declines, the other is going to decline. It's all tied together. It's yeah. So tied with like together. anxiety, you could show like physical, yeah. like detrimental. Yeah. So when you feel signs. like you're gaslighted and you feel all these things where you feel like you can't talk to people about it, guess what? It's going to show up. Physically. And that's why like narcissistic emotional abuse or mental abuse is really fucked up. Because yeah. you could have serious health problems because yes. of these, oh, what would you say, somatic? Somatic symptoms. Somatic symptoms. <laughs> so <laughs> scary. And it says you feel restless and unsettled. So kind of just all together with everything. You don't recognize yourself. That's scary. Kind of, again, what we talked about earlier, you giving your all. We're like, who are you now? Because mm. you've put so much into this person. So true. That where are you now? Yeah, it says right here. So, of course, you love them, so you stop going out with your friends. Next, you give up your hobbies, skip after-work drinks with coworkers, and eventually cancel your weekly visits with your sister. You spend time doing what your partner wants to do so they know you really do care. So, like, they make you think that that's how you show that you care. But really, it's like once you realize you dropped all these things, like... They've isolated you. Yeah, they've isolated you, and, like you're not even yourself anymore you're not doing all the things that you used to do for yourself you have no outside friends like no hobbies yeah you're just focused on walking on eggshells and yeah oh my god only meeting their needs yeah and next one you have trouble setting boundaries scary 
Someone engaging in narcissistic abuse often has little respect for boundaries. When you try to set or enforce limits, they might challenge them, completely ignore them, or give you the silent treatment until you do what they want. Eventually, you might give up on your boundaries entirely. That's another thing that I kept seeing come up a lot, um, uh, the silent treatment mm-hmm. and how like fucked up that is or whatever. So it's basically like you bring something up to your partner because they do something and instead of them wanting to address it, I don't know if it's them maybe being caught off guard so like they didn't have a plan yet or what it is, but they give you the silent treatment and they're just like, I'm not talking to you days weeks whatever how long it is but that's not healthy like you need to be able to communicate mm-hmm. but what i also want to specify is this is different from needing space so like don't think that you're like showing narcissistic traits because you need space and you don't want to talk to someone if you're communicating like i need space and someone's trying to like force themselves on you like talking blowing up your phone whatever that's them being an asshole so like that's fine you can have space this is more like in terms of like when you bring up something to a narcissist and they instead of addressing it just go silent and i think um regardless normal relationship whatever um when there is somebody that needs space to comfort the other person you need to say can you give me till tomorrow? And that other person that may have that anxiousness to talk, you need to give them a time when you are ready. And so that would be helpful to know that sense. it's not just on purpose of just like, like I'm just gonna give you the silent treatment to make you miserable. But it's just like, you know what? I'm not ready to talk about it. Can we take a break and, you know, I'll call you in two hours or, you know what? I'm having a bad day. Let's regroup and I'll talk to you about it in the morning. So it's comforting to that person that they know that eventually, yes, I'm willing to talk about it, just not right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's boundaries and just like learning Again, to yeah. communicate. And that has to do with boundaries too. Yeah. So then the last one says um, you have symptoms of anxiety and depression, which pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. And then all link stuff on how to find help in different um, websites or whatever and i'll have stuff like uh, shoot me anything that she thinks would be important too um we are running good on time here so i do want to bring up a tweet that kind of um, ties into everything it's by at angel numbers with a z said i'm a strong believer in not telling men how another man has done you dirty men have this weird ego thing where they're like if another man didn't treat her right why should i They think you don't like them as much if you don't let things slide in the same way for them. Ooh, when I read that, I was like, damn, I never thought about that. I saw that, and I also saw a girl respond um, where she said, instead of saying how they did me wrong, I tell my partner how good they were in bed and how, like, amazing they treated me because it – hurts a man's ego even more they want to top it want to top it oh my god that's kind of toxic but that's so smart (laughs) though because like it's really like like i it's annoying like definitely like if like my man was talking about like "Mm, my ex you treated me so well like blah 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 i'd be like ew like what the fuck are you telling me Like, I don't want to fucking hear this. Yeah. It was no. a little manipulative. But, For like, sure. in terms of, like, if you're dealing with someone that you know is like this, definitely do that versus, 
like spilling how you've been hurt before because this totally makes sense it's giving like, them a blueprint of how to make what you're willing to deal what with you're willing to deal with and that like how to really get to you so it's just like oh like you stayed around you're telling them your buttons all that, and it's just like okay so if they're really trying to like reel you in then they know how to do it my god it's so toxic yeah and i kind of agree with that like i don't know 100 percent. i feel like i've definitely been probably vulnerable in my past relationships where i have said like you know this hurt me and he did this well especially as women we like look at it as a way of like bonding in a way and kind of just like being like this happened please don't do it to me i've been hurt before thinking that like you're dealing with like the best person you don't know you don't fucking know and if you happen to be dealing with somebody with narcissistic traits they're gonna use that against you like some people might you know take that into consideration and be like i would never want to do you like that but that's assuming too much but you cannot assume that everyone has your best like intentions in mind again it's has to do with boundaries so you went through all that and you never set a boundary. Yes. So it's just like, versus, you know, if you said, oh yeah, he tried to do this and then I cut him off right when he tried to do that. So I don't put up with that shit. That, so you know. or maybe like, this would probably come off as crazy, but just like being like, this happened, this happened. So, you know, from now on and just be very upfront and clear. Like, so now like, I'm not dealing with this. Like, I'm just letting you know, like, if you want to fuck with me. I'm not dealing with this. And, like, they might still try to test you, but, like, that's why you can't go back on your boundaries. Exactly. Once you set your boundaries, you have to follow through regardless of who it is. You Mm. have to follow through. Once you say that that's your boundary, if they see that you said that this was your boundary, but then, oh, you say it, but look at you did this, and you let me do this to you. Okay, you don't have any boundaries. I can cross it anytime I want. And Mm. so once you set it, keep it. Because they'll know that you are able to be manipulated and pushed to where they can cross it. And you never want that to happen Yeah, so I think the biggest takeaway from all this is boundaries Always. are your number one help, helper. Mm-hmm. You never know who you're dealing with. Um, if it's somebody that is evil, they're not going to like boundaries. They're going to react very hostile-like. And if it's a good person, they're going to respect it. And that's what you have to remember, just like that IG story I said or that TikTok that Alexa posted. If somebody sets a boundary with you, they're trying to keep the relationship going. Like, no one's going to set a boundary with you if it's like they want nothing to do with you. They'll just fucking stop talking to you. If they're setting a boundary, it's because they're like, hey, I want this to keep going. But, like, this is what I need from you. This is what I need you to know is my boundary. Yeah. So respect people's boundaries, basically. And reflect on your your childhood, because if your parents never put boundaries with you and that's why you are the way you are and you feel uncomfortable with boundaries, then it's healthy that people are setting boundaries with you now and you need to set boundaries for yourself. 100%. Wow. What a great last episode for season three of Simpin' After Dark. Thank you again, Stephanie, for coming through. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for all your information and just like chiming in on stuff because I'm always just like pulling shit up and it's so easy to just like come across information and just like interpret it whatever way. But uh, like having you here to like break it down and like confirm like yes or no, like you're actually educated on this shit. I try. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like TikTok is informative or like Twitter internet in general the fucking internet like 
there could be so much bullshit out there Definitely. always like do like your research your own research to confirm or deny shit or look further into it find books by like credible sources all that um but yeah it's been a great season i had so much fun uh next season coming back with great guests as always all that and i just want to kind of like plan everything out definitely going to be dropping some merch soon so keep an eye out for that i will still be active on ig yes i can't wait either it's going to be cute for sure um quick shout out to wild seven studios i'm here in downtown la so shout out to them for always hosting i love it here and shout out to nightshade collective and to my girls april and alexa for helping me every week and shout out to stephanie again thank you so much and you can follow me at uh simpin after dark on instagram twitter tiktok and my personal is ash underscore friday underscore and mine is stephanie is it underscore no yeah is it i think stephanie underscore venezuela like the country yeah so she wise and she cute go follow her thank you and yeah i will link shit below articles help all that anything i talked about on here and yeah i'll miss you guys and we'll talk soon see you next time see you next time bye save on cox internet when you add cox mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5g reliability on the go so whether you're playing a game at home yes cool or attending one live you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement of the restrictions apply.